What is good, everybody? This is the Big Dudes in the Trenches podcast, and it's actually all the big dudes in the podcast together at the same time. For the first time in literal weeks at this point, it's so good to have everybody back. Bro, it feels like months at this point. It's been a minute, that's for sure. It's definitely <laughs> been a minute. So I know that you wanted to get this out of the way. I wanted to announce it to the world. Um, and I think it's only fair that we bring this up first thing. Ben, you did find an article about Ohio State before I did today. I have no clue how that happened, but I'm very proud of that. And I'm glad that you jumped out in front of it and decided, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to announce it to everybody first. So thank you. Thank you for doing that. That's very big of you. I'm proud of, proud of you. Yeah, there. I'll be the bigger man and just you know, admit I've made a mistake. You know, had to happen at some point. We will talk about that news here in a little while. But before we get there, man, we have a lot of NFL news to cover. All the head coaching positions are filled as of today around the NFL. So plenty of things to talk about. And then we will get into, I don't know, the Pro Bowl that just happened, the Senior Bowl that just happened, and the East-West Shrine Bowl as well. Something we didn't talk about last episode, but I have a couple of guys to highlight here. So before we get into those games, you know how we do. Let's talk about the news. Let's do it, man. Let's do it. And, uh, well, I I think we should talk about the head coaching hires first. It's only fair. Biggest, most important news of the week. And I'm going to make you wait a minute. So I want to talk about Doug Peterson ah, to the Jacksonville that's Jaguars. Fine. Oh, yeah, such <laughs> big news there. It actually is. It's interesting to me. There's two things going on with the Jaguars here. So <coughs> they get a Super Bowl winning head coach in Doug Peterson. And also, they have brought in some more executive assistants to really strengthen that front office. It was a shock to some people when they retained Trent Belke, um as GM. And now they've come out and said, hey, we need to strengthen football operations, which sounds like you wanted to replace him, but just didn't for some reason. <laughs> because the issues in Jacksonville this year weren't his problem. The issues, a lot of it stemmed from Urban Meyer, and I can't really fire him for somebody else's mistakes. That gets kind of iffy. So I don't think they had cause, or at least they didn't think they had cause. Um so they kept him on, but where they're like, yeah, we're, we're going to help you out here. Happens in the NFL all the time, though. People getting fired without cause. Just ask Brian Flores. <laughs> oh, no. That's uh, coming in hot there with that one. Huh? Apparently, yeah. man, just coming right <clears throat> at us. These are raw reactions, baby. <laughs> <laughs> you got any thoughts on the Jaguars there, Doug? Man, it uh, it's cool seeing another you know former Super Bowl head coach. I felt like they kind of pulled the rug on him quick there, and uh, <laughs> we'll get, we'll get there, David. I promise. Uh, I think they kind of pulled the rug there quick on him in Philly. Uh, but who knows? You know, maybe he's got a little bit of magic left. Maybe he'll be able to get something done in Jacksonville. It's a little disappointing to not see Byron Leftwich get that position. I'm not even a Jaguars fan. And I think anybody that's a football fan that remembers Byron Leftwich uh, playing for the Jaguars, you know, they they wanted that reunion to happen. It didn't. 
I don't necessarily think that Peterson's a bad move. Maybe on definitely unpopular. Uh, we'll just we'll have to see. We'll have to see how this one works out. I I almost want to say that this was a second choice hire. Um, the reason I say that is because with all the news that was coming out about Byron, it sounds like they were negotiating a contract and just couldn't come to an agreement. Um, you know, I don't know what the issue was, but that's the way this story plays out. So Doug Peterson really was a, well, the first guy said, no, are you available to go to prom with me type of situation? That's disgusting because these guys are old and men, but okay. (laughs) I mean, hey, you never know. (laughs) Uh, So one hire that is not technically official yet is the Vikings getting the Rams offensive coordinator, Kevin O'Connell. We talked about that very briefly last episode, but we were more talking about Jim Harbaugh just kind of staying with the team up north for some reason. Uh, well, turns because out he now, actually had to interview. Well, it turns out now that he had like a nine-hour interview with the Vikings, and then the Vikings said no to him. So <laughs> <laughs> that made me smile, and I wanted to talk about it. But we didn't talk about Kevin O'Connell. This is a really unusual move to announce that kind of a hire before playing in the Super Bowl, which you're in. What do you guys think about that? I guess we're going to see if it's uh, McVeigh or if it if he uh, if O'Connell has something to do with it. Oh, I don't even know if it goes that far. I mean this this type of thing comes out all the time. Uh, the Dolphins had a contract in place with Flores back in 2019 when the Patriots went on to win the Super Bowl. He was the de facto um, what's the word de facto defensive no coordinator at the time. Before. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I was blanking pretty hard. Um, man, I think, I I don't think it'll be that big of an issue. This very much, these guys are very practiced at focusing on the game ahead of them, uh, and only worrying about that. And this isn't like college where the players are going to quit on the offensive coordinator because he took a better job. They're, they're still going to play their hearts out. It's, it's their dream on the line too. We certainly hope so. But we do have two hires very near and dear to your guys' hearts. So first let's let Tug loose here. Uh, the Miami Dolphins just announced they are hiring one of the guys that you said was a finalist pretty early on in this process before it was really yeah. even announced. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm I'm excited about that. Before I get into that, I do want to address uh, David's comment here from Facebook. Uh, yeah, Byron Leftwich not getting hired is bad timing with Flores, but again, this the way it reads to me is that he he doesn't didn't come to an agreement with the Jaguars is the best way I can think about it. So I'm just going to throw that out there. Um, More importantly with this, Mike McDaniels hire, man, I'm excited for this. It does not clean up all of Miami's issues uh, that they're going to face legally. They're off the field issues that are inevitably going to come this offseason from the front office, which is a major problem itself. Um, But the overall fit of Mike McDaniel in Miami, I absolutely love it. He is known not as a quarterback guru, but rather a running quarterback game guru, which is kind of nice, something we haven't had in Miami for a while. Um, there now reports that Miami's going to target Raheem Mostert right away in free agency, which I think is a solid running back signing uh, if we can get him. 
And just overall, I like his fit. I love his attitude coming in. Uh, he has assured the front office that he can actually win with Tua, which is something that the front office cared very deeply about. So anybody who's saying that Miami is going to drop two of this offseason, I don't see it happening. I've seen rumors or speculation that Miami is going to go after Jimmy G with Tua involved in that trade, which makes absolutely no sense because they have Trey Lance. They know who they're rolling with. Um, but not only is he adamant that he can win with Tua, he's actually excited coming into Miami to maximize Tua's potential. So he, it really seems like they've tied uh, Tua's success to Mike McDaniel's success. That being said, it is a new hire. That's exactly what I expect an interviewee to say, knowing that this is important to the front office. But overall, this is probably the best hire that Miami could have made. Yeah, it sounds like he's saying what he needed to say. Yep. So nothing too surprising there. But it is interesting to me, again, how young these coaching hires have skewed recently and very much so heavily favoring offensive coordinators uh, coming up as a wide receivers coach and a running backs coach for Kyle Shanahan from Washington to Cleveland to you know, wherever he's gone now with the 49ers. And, I mean, man, he's, he's really young. So on his, his dad's side, one of his grandparents is black, so he claims himself to be a minority. Um, I don't know if that's enough of a minority to satiate Brian Flores, but <laughs> wow! I mean, I can't believe we just went there on live, but okay, let's roll. <laughs> I think the more interesting thing, as far as that's concerned, is all the new NFL initiatives. I, I mean, are the 49ers going to get a compensatory third round pick from this? Like, I feel like that's a legitimate question to ask in all of this. That, that would answer the question that we're asking, too, uh, of the consideration. Um, I don't know. It hasn't been announced, so I guess to be determined. Yeah, well, I haven't well. seen anything about it. But the next one to talk about uh, definitely won't be a third-round pick going the Texans' way because they kind of promoted from within uh, Lovey Smith, the new head coach of the Houston Texans. you love to see it, man. You absolutely love to see it. It was it was crazy too because coming down to the last hour, you know, it was looking like Flores or Josh McCowan, and then there were uh, then there were reports coming out that McCowan was going to be the guy. And what do you know? A couple hours later, Lovey Smith is quoted as saying, "There's no way Houston's hiring Josh McCowan to be a head coach," and rumors started swirling. And then you wait a few more hours, and what do you know? They're announcing Lovey Smith as the head coach. I'm happy to see him coaching the NFL again. I don't know that you can really take his meager success, you know, borderline failures, I guess you want to call it that, at Illinois uh, at face value. Co coaching college is very different than coaching the NFL. We've seen guys go both ways, have success, or fail miserably at one level and success at the other. <laughs> so – I, he's going to be back where he belongs. I think this is his first NFL head coaching gig since he was fired by the Bears. And don't forget, he went 10-6 that season. I will also say Illinois was the best they've been in a long time with Lovey Smith, and I don't know why they fired him. We talked about that at the time. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it either. Right, Bill uh, is not an upgrade. 
Oh, Thank you, David. That's what that's kind of what we were thinking too with uh with Mike, Mike McDaniel yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, but another big announcement for the Texans is that not only has Lovey Smith been hired, but Pep Hamilton has been promoted to offensive coordinator. Now, a lot of the reasoning behind that is because he thinks he's going to be able to develop David Davis Mills. So you really got to start to wonder what they're playing with Deshaun Watson is because either they're going to basically pay him to sit or they're going to have to find a way to get him off their books because all he's doing is eating up cap space at this point. That. That's exactly what it is, and that's playing exactly into what Deshaun Watson wants. Uh, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see where they're going on. I mean, we saw a similar situation a few years ago with Lev Bell, and I say similar in that he didn't want to play because they weren't giving him a contract. So different reasoning, but still kind of the same thing. And Lev Bell actually retired. Deshaun Watson is actually sticking it to the Texans by saying, I'm not going to show, and you know I'll show up to practices, what's mandatory. I'm not going to play in the game. I'll play safety for you, um, but you're still going to pay me, which is a very, very interesting uh, way of going about this, and it absolutely sticks it to Houston, puts him in a bad spot. Well, what's funny to me, too, is I think Deshaun Watson would absolutely thrive in a Pep Hamilton offense. So for for him to want to still play this runaround game or for Houston to you know say, oh, we're, we're getting him because he's going to help develop Davis Mills, that, that just tells me that they've completely given up that on anything with Watson, and that's that's kind of despicable to me. Like you, you got this guy, franchise quarterback, generational talent. And you're just going to give up. I mean, basically hold way, him hostage. Well, no, he's holding them hostage. Is the thing, right? It, yeah, because they, they what, won't because they keep the asking price way too high. We're getting into a situation where it's kind of like Colin Kaepernick, right? Kaepernick doesn't want to go anywhere unless he's going to start. That's been a big thing of his for a while. But well, the Texans did, don't want to trade Deshaun Watson unless they're going to get three or four first-round picks. And the longer he doesn't play, the less likely that is to ever happen. While I agree with that, I also understand why their asking price is where it is. Right? I, I've i never said, hey, their asking price is way too high. I said it's something I personally probably wouldn't pay, not with the cap hit. But, you know... Oh, you throw me off there, David, man. Um, I I personally wouldn't pay it, but it's it's a fantastic like that that's what they need to keep their their organization where it is. And I honestly do suspect that Lovey Smith's gonna have a sit down with Deshaun Watson and say, Hey, what's it gonna take for you to play for us again? Maybe they talked to Deshaun Watson before they hired Lovey Smith and not Josh McCown. We we don't know what happened to the background background. We don't know why this decision was made. There are those potential opportunities, and it's only been a couple hours, so there's a lot to be unknown right now. I don't want to gloss over the Pep Hamilton move, though, because we had talked about Pep Hamilton potentially being a hire for the Chicago Bears. And I was excited to see him work with Justin Fields. But you got to think, Justin Fields, we're hoping, turns into basically what Deshaun Watson was, right? That kind of mobile, but it throws, throws the ball before he takes off and can definitely throw for like 5,000 yards a year. That's what you and, expect Justin Fields can be. So if I'm excited about that one, I would absolutely love to see him already work with the previously established talent in Deshaun Watson. And, and I, I and guess that's what be. I was – I guess that's what I was trying to work myself back around too is like, but, yeah, they've put, they were in a bad position with Deshaun Watson right now, and they've got nobody to blame but themselves, but – 
to say the only reason you got Pep Hamilton is because of Davis Mills feels like a bold-faced lie to me. Like you've got to think in the back of your head, maybe this will help Deshaun Watson come back to our side a little bit. After that matter, Lovey Smith too. Yeah, that was an absolute lie saying that it's only for Davis Mills. I'm sorry it was. I mean, Davis Mills has shown some promise. (laughs) Certainly better than uh, Gerard Taylor, who wasn't able to play, right? So it's better than nothing. That's that's what that sentence was. Anyway, we do have one more head coaching hire, which has been speculated basically ever since the position became available. But the Saints did promote their defensive coordinator, Dennis Allen, to the head coaching position. Again, it's what we all expected would happen, but it is official. That was the most recent announcement today. So we wanted to hit that one last. But, I mean, do you have anything to say about this? I think we've already kind of touched on Dennis Allen being the right move. It makes sense. The, the only thing I want to add is what this does, again, with that massive lawsuit that's already looming over everybody. Again, you want to talk about the quote-unquote sham interviews to appease what is, in my opinion, a very terribly written rule, this fully qualifies. Sean Payton says, hey, I'm stepping down, and then the rumors immediately were, hey, they're going to hire Dennis Allen. But to get there, they had to interview three or four guys, at least two minorities, just so they were abiding by the rules. This is what Flores is talking about in his lawsuit of why why are you making it seem like I have a chance at a job when we already know the decision's been made? Yeah, and I mean, I would truly love to have Brian Flores or any minority candidate that's had to go through this process on the show because they're like the guys that have already come in and said, hey, yeah, I, I agree with Flores. This has been stuff like this has been happening. I want in on this lawsuit. Like it just goes to show that everything the NFL has been trying to do has been pointless and borderline humiliating and i you know i don't want to say that i've never been in that position obviously but i feel like that's where a lot of these guys are coming from like i mean flores even said that the bank or not the Bengals, the broncos were drunk when he showed up like that's just ridiculous but they had to check a box yeah it would be be fascinating to see what actually comes of that Man, if we could get somebody on the show to talk about it, that'd be much better because we don't – obviously, we haven't been through the process, and especially from that side of things. And we so, will never go through the process on that side of things either. Like that, I mean, it, right. it, it does make it difficult for us to talk about it in a lot of ways. Right. Too. It does. It does. But with this lawsuit coming out, that's kind of the point, part of the point of the lawsuit, right, is to get us talking about it as much as possible. Yep. So keep highlighting the issue – Eventually, hopefully, something will change. I mean, that's terrible, but it's all we can do right now, so that's what we're doing. Um, but we did have a couple of coordinator moves to talk about as well. Rich Basatia is taking over as the special teams coordinator in Green Bay. Fantastic. Love that. They needed a actually good special teams coordinator, and they got their next head coach. <laughs> it's still... It- Man, the Bears almost had him, and then all of a sudden the, the Packers rumors started coming in, and I was like, well, that's probably it. I still can't believe it took them that long to fire their special teams coordinator, but, you know, they got they got a great one here. And then Terrell Austin is being promoted to defensive coordinator in Pittsburgh. He was previously on the defensive staff and makes total sense. Guy retires, keep it in-house. <laughs> 
I like the move a lot. What do you guys think? I it's in house, man. We we always love in house hires. It keeps continuity. And we just got a request here to rank the head coaching hires. Um, which way do we want to start from? Because well, I think I think what I want to do here is rank these particular hires, and okay. then once all the dust is settled in a month or so, when everybody's got their head coaching vacancies filled, we'll come back, we'll revisit it, and rank all of them that happened this off season. Because honestly, I can only think of these four off the top of my head right now. I can't think of. <laughs> Anything else? I mean, I can think of one that's you know that also opened up, but otherwise, I can't think of anything besides these four. So, and the Raiders I are mean, still open, right? Technically, yeah, well, yeah. Raiders is open until week <laughs> one because Josh McDaniels doesn't know what a contract means. Exactly. Exactly. He tried okay. to pull Bill Belichick, but did it entirely incorrectly. <laughs> so I want to say, safest move to me which equals least exciting would be Doug Peterson. Um, at the same time, that feels like about the biggest get the Jaguars could have possibly asked for. That wasn't Byron Leverage. Well, yeah. right. See, but, and I, I would actually say that the <laughs> safest one to me would be Lovey Smith. Because there's been a lot of issues with certain racial connotations for the Texans as well. So not only do you make an internal hire with a proven head coach, he just happens to be a minority, and maybe you get some of that pressure off of you. It's tough because I I don't necessarily agree that Doug Peterson is the safest option for Jacksonville. Yes, I know he went to the Super Bowl. Understand, he, he can run an offense, but he hasn't been able to do anything since Frank Reich left. Um. I do love the Lovey Smith hire. I absolutely do love that. I'm excited to see him back in the league. For the love of God, I cannot figure out why it took him this long to get back into the league. Usually, I mean, we saw it this year. Doug Peterson hasn't done anything in years, and he misses one coaching cycle, and then he's back in back in the driver's seat. Lovey Smith takes his team to the Super Bowl, goes 10-6, and six, gets fired, and he's out for, what, 16 years? I don't... He went. He was the head coach for Tampa for two years, and then took took a year off. Showed up at Illinois and was there for four years. Yeah, I it just, feels like forever ago that he was with the Bears. Though I'm not gonna, not even gonna lie to you on that one. Yeah, Maybe I picked I, the wrong word, but I think I was more trying to say that Doug Peterson was the number four out of these four. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I would put Dennis Allen at number three. Yep. And then. I love Smith and Mike McDaniel's a coin flip to me. Honestly, I like both those moves. I agree with you 100, percent but I'm a little biased, so I, you know, right. you know I who know I have to say. Play. Yeah, you I know, know what Ben's going to say one. too. Yeah. So. <laughs> I mean, I mean, safest doesn't mean it's not a great hire, right? So, right. Right. yep. Yeah, I, I, I will, I will agree with you. Yeah. I'll agree with you that I think Peterson's probably the least exciting of all of these. Yeah. If you're looking at, at at what these teams need. But it also could be exactly what they need, too, right? So, yep. It's possible. I mean, I don't I don't hate the move, though. I don't want to come across as Peterson was a bad hire. It's just, it doesn't inspire me. That, that's exactly it. I don't know what he's going to bring to the table. Right. He didn't really impress me too much. He's not a, he's not a headline-making hire. It's a, 
oh, hey, look, Jacksonville to Jacksonville things right now. And David saying Smith is a rich man's Rivera. That's a bold statement. I love it. And I love Lovey <laughs> Smith, so I kind of agree. I mean, Ron Rivera is a good coach, too. And what he's done with Washington has been nothing short of phenomenal, considering the state of that organization. So, <laughs> um, yeah, what do you guys think about Dennis Allen, the one we haven't really talked about in these rankings? I had him at number three over Peterson, but I don't know if that's really right. What do you think? I, I love the defensive hire. Absolutely love the defensive hire, but I don't know anything about him. He wasn't a big name. This is something that it looks like the Saints had planned for a while. Um, so, you know what? Good for them. They they kept their guy. They think he's their guy, and let's see what he does. I The only reason I can't put it at the bottom is just because Doug Peterson has such a tainted name, I guess, at this point. And yeah. that's... You know, that's I think that's more why he's at the bottom than anything. Because again, you know, re- when you think about it, he realistically should be number two. With I mean, Eagles. we're talking about a guy that's won a Super Bowl, and uh, you know, for that matter, even number one, Lovey Smith didn't even win, right? So, right, right. Uh, it, it it screams safe. It screams comfortable. Saints fans probably love it. I don't know too many Saints fans that I've talked to anyway. So, uh, yeah, it's it's an interesting one. It would have been great if the Saints brought in like Herm Edwards. <laughs> Just I think shoot. I think he's one of the guys everybody calls every year. Like, hey, you you want a coach? Well, <laughs> he is. We coach. we know why that is now. That's exactly what it is. There's been articles <laughs> written about it. <laughs> right. Anyway, uh, that's really all I had for coaching stuff. Is if there's anything else you guys want to add? No, there's a there's a couple player things, and definitely one I don't want to spend a ton of time on. I mean, go for it, man. What do you got? Yeah, so I mean, if you if you haven't seen uh, after the Pro Bowl, which we will talk about the Pro Bowl ever so briefly later on here in the show, uh, but it took place in Las Vegas, which threw me for a loop, and uh, Alvin Kamara was uh, charged with a few things. Uh, one of them being battery, and that is the only one I remember. I didn't write it down because we don't really like talking about this kind of shit on the show anyway. The full charge was battery resulting in serious bodily injury. There you go. So, I look, this is the third player to get in trouble in Las Vegas this year. I'm not saying the NFL has to get out of Las Vegas, but man, like something about the NFL in Vegas is not working right now. Like we have not seen these issues in the NHL. We we haven't seen these issues in the WNBA. I I don't understand what it is specifically about NFL players, but this is this is kind of getting ridiculous here. So I I can kind of lend an idea into this. And number one, I do want to highlight there is a reason that Vegas was the largest city in the U.S. without a professional sports team for the longest time. And, and this is a large part of what it was. They were afraid of this happening. Um, the reason it's happening in football, it's not happening in the WNBA. Happening in football, not in the WNBA, not in the NHL. Honestly, yes, NHL guys are famous. WNBA, trying to word this the right way, they're making a name for themselves. Um, the issue is these NFL players... Are especially these big stars are so famous at every level that pretty much everybody recognizes them. You add in a little alcohol, both for them and whoever is the one bothering them, 
and things escalate. It's not the right way to handle things, but it's it's what happens. You're getting harassed. You're a little drunk. You should be able to handle yourself, but you play an ultra-aggressive sport, too. So that's kind of where your mindset goes at that point. And it's it's not excusable, but it's why this might be happening in the NFL and not in other sports. I mean, UFC fighters literally go and punch people in the face. And I got to correct you a little bit. There is one city bigger than Las Vegas that still doesn't have an NFL team, and that's San Antonio. I, I said, I said major all. sports team. I said professional sports team. Fair enough. Fair enough. You didn't say NFL. You got me. Our next uh, our next little piece of player news here. Uh, Kyler Murray. He's gone and removed all Arizona Cardinal posts from his social media. He's unfollowed them on whatever social media is. And uh, the only thing he had from them was a, a repost of a Pro Bowl tweet, Instagram post, whatever. For what it's worth, well, that draft- definitely means he's gone, doesn't it? That definitely oh, means he's gone, right? For what it's worth, DraftKings is projecting him to play baseball, but I am projecting that nobody's going to play baseball this year because I have no faith in the MLB owners. That's a very different discussion, and we're not a baseball podcast. <laughs> so there's two things. There's two things I think this could be right. Um, number one, maybe he is done with the team. I doubt that. Number two, maybe he's like a little bit of protesting the owners because of how poorly they treated everybody after they lost that playoff game. So there were stories coming out that the owners were withholding bonus checks from the coaches. They weren't having exit interviews with any of the executive leadership. I mean, any of this stuff, they, the ownership was really pissed off. They lost this playoff game. And everyone in the organization is like, um, okay, so we just went out and got second place in the toughest division in the NFL, and you're saying that we suck now. So what's good? <laughs> and the so, other like, not you. Right. <laughs> right. Right. So I would say this is probably a little bit of sticking it to the owner. Say you don't you, you don't own me because we won you all this money and you're not even treating us like humans at the end of the season. When we need you the most. Yeah, that's it's that's what that sounds like more to me. Now that I know that, I didn't know that was going on, but now that I do, that does sound more like that. And then you tack on all the additional stuff that have come about this past week. It it makes sense. Right, there's um, rumors of Cliff Kingsbury getting fired after they just had their best season since 08. I mean, come on. It, you got to put some things into perspective here. You lost a playoff game. whoop you do There's 100 teams that would have loved to make the playoffs. Well, and if you look back, too, when all this stuff with Deshaun Watson started about him being disgruntled because he wasn't involved in the coaching hiring process, and then Aaron Rodgers being upset because he's not getting X, Y, and Z guys on a team. Right. Kyler Murray was another guy that was vocal about that, too. So he has he's already been you know kind of out there as having issues with how little power the players have. And for the owners to go and do the things that they did after this after this season that the Cardinals had, this is probably just another way of him showing his his uh, his frustration here. I hope he doesn't go the route of Deshaun Watson as well. I hope it doesn't go down that path. But I doubt it will. I don't think well, so. 
We'll have to see. It's it's right. we're still very close to the end of the season. The Super Bowl hadn't even happened yet, right? I mean, there's still a lot of yeah. emotions going around here, so we'll we'll just have to see what happens. That definitely throws a different uh, different angle and different flavor on it. Watch them sign two new offensive linemen and Cal Murray's happy. Something like that, right? <laughs> That's valid. Yeah. Last but not least in our NFL news, uh, there's some NFL uh, veteran talent evaluators that are saying there's not a single NFL starting QB in this class coming through the draft this year. This is something we've talked about a lot, and I'm sure we will talk about even more as we start getting into mock draft season. Doug, I know you've already wrote a mock draft. Do you have any quarterbacks in the first round? I have written two mock drafts, and they are both available at bdtfootball.com. So I had one that came out Christmas Day, and then I have one that was released, I don't know, an hour ago at this point. So I do have a couple of QBs in that first round, and I, I actually do preface both of those early selections, saying I don't know if these guys are that good, but... Teams overdraft quarterbacks all the time. Somebody's going to get taken in the first round. It will happen. Someone's going to be expected to turn them into MVP caliber talent because that's where the NFL works. Everyone expects their quarterbacks to be the best quarterback of all time or else coaching staffs get blamed for it. So that will still happen this year. It will probably happen two, three times this year. But... That's not to say that some of these guys aren't good enough to get a lot of things done. We've seen teams win Super Bowls with very limited quarterbacks. Nick Foles. Right. Um, I mean, there's a lot more examples if we go actually digging into history. You know, earlier than the 2000s, basically every quarterback that won, other than you can name a couple of guys. And then other than that, it's... Boomer size and what the Bengals threw a Super Bowl in 88. Okay, so he's a one-hit wonder. Kenny Stabler, I mean, he fantastic story, great name. He really only had one good season. I mean, let's be honest here. Rich Gannon was the same thing, 2002. I mean, yeah, Trent Dilfer is a perfect example of that. There's plenty of guys who are just good enough to get over the hump. Maybe that is Kenny Pickett. Maybe that is Matt Corral. We don't know. Maybe that is Malik Willis. We have no idea right now. So I actually have four quarterbacks going in the first round in my latest mock draft. I don't like that, but it's more likely than not we're going to see three, maybe four quarterbacks going in the first round just because that is that's the way quarterbacks work in this league. So, so I mean, there's even more that could crack into that. It's, it's the way the NFL works anymore. So, so just a few things to add here. Number one, um, one, Doug, I agree completely. The only caveat I'm going to put to what you were saying is the NFL is a different game now than it was in the early 2000s, and it has become more of a passing game. Because you look at the rest of those teams, and they all have fantastic running backs or something that was moving that offense for them. That aside, the other thing I'm going to highlight is all of these veteran NFL talent evaluators also said Tom Brady wasn't going to do anything in the NFL, and that's why he was a six-round pick. They also miss. They're not perfect. So just because this is their initial evaluation, man, you could have a couple bad days. And, I mean, hell, you could have a bad college career for that team up north and still come out okay and, and make a good NFL career out of it. 
you could also be the top-rated quarterback by a lot of different metrics and a lot of different talking heads that are friends with your agent and then be a bust, like Ryan Leaf or I was I just going to say Mitchell something Trubisky. about Ryan Leaf. Yeah, it's crazy. So <laughs> That's where yeah. I was going. Yep, that's what, that's what I was thinking the whole time. Yeah, so we, we have no idea. There's probably going to be some guy who nobody expects to turn into an amazing quarterback in this draft class. Or maybe none of them stick. That's possible, too. But for anybody to be saying that they know for sure what's going to happen, they don't. I think that about does it for NFL news for us today, though. We only have one non-NFL news story here. And it's pretty simple. We've we've talked about it a few times. The FCF baller ballers, excuse me, collective. It's finally live. They had some uh, issues with pre-launch, and then had to reschedule everything. And then, like the FCF does, put it up to a vote for the fans. Hey, do we want to have another day of pre-mint sales? Of course, the fans said yes. Got in there. It is finally open to everybody. There were some issues, you know, some blockchain issues. I don't pretend to understand all this crypto stuff, all this NFT stuff. But what I do understand is that if you want to get involved, purchase the Ballers Collective NFT, you will get access to one of the four new NF teams, as they're calling them for the FCF. Or you could just go the traditional way that we did and just pick one of the four teams they had last year. Be a fan of them, pick their plays. And uh, move move right along. I, I do imagine, though, that if you get one of these NFTs, you'll probably get that ownership status for one of these newer teams, one of these four new teams. Uh, still haven't gotten a ton of clarification on that. I love how much information the FCF puts out there, but I also hate how cryptic it is sometimes for me to read it and understand it. <laughs> they just They just had their final tryout. I believe it was their final tryout in Orlando. It was a fun Don't time. You, make you guys it? getting out of there. Clearly, good <laughs> guys getting out. Proud there. of you. How, how'd you? That's that's why we let off the show with it. Yep, I totally made it. <laughs> but can I just say, NF teams is awful, and I hate it. <laughs> right, right. Thank you. I uh, look yep. the the best thing I've ever seen is that you know you buy this NFT and hey, I say it's worth two thousand dollars, even though I bought it for fifty. And somebody's going to give me $2,000 because I said it's worth $2,000. And that's the NFT game. So that's as far as I understand it. I understand all the blockchain, all the minting, all that stuff. But this one, this non-fungible token actually has some fungible value. So if you're into it, it's there for you. It is open to the public now. But that is all the news I have. I'm surprised nobody's talked about the fungible value. With all oh, the my God. I need to go work for some corporate advertising firm. If, anyway, you, you want to talk about fun news? I think our first college headline will uh, cover that one. Oh yeah, so Auburn. <laughs> Auburn's a mess. David, you should love this. <laughs> oh man. So <laughs> yeah, what we just talked about their defensive coordinator Derek Mason leaving out of nowhere. He's like, hey, I'm done with Auburn. Get me out of this place. He goes to Oklahoma State. Okay, that was sudden and weird and unexpected. Then they fired their offensive coordinator. And then all of a sudden, Brian Harrison is in like a ton of trouble because even Boykin, an assistant, 
that never goes over well. You can't be doing that. So, Just ask Urban Meyer. And that girl wasn't even part of the team. So <laughs> at least this guy kept All he did was get a lap dance, too. Well, this this is down in Alabama. Of course, he kept it in the family. It is more like it for them. So, yeah, we don't know what's going to happen with Auburn right now. Uh, the president of the university has come out and said <laughs> said we're not going to do anything according to social media and rumors and all that. We're going to have our own internal investigations and all these sorts of you know malarkey that they do. Which I don't buy any of it. It's Auburn doing an internal investigation. Okay, you broke the rules. Go investigate yourselves. That's that always it, goes. Well. Is it against the rules to sleep with your assistant? Maybe the school's I mean, rules, but is it against the NCAA's rules? Yeah, does the NCAA or SEC really care that much? Was she getting paid? I, mean, oh, I not would imagine that specifically. <laughs> Yeah. That would be against the rules. I'm just... <laughs> that's all the NCAA cares about, is if they're getting paid. Now, Louisville was bringing strippers in for the basketball team. That's a totally different situation. <laughs> this is bringing in assistance from the football program. Well, he, did football you see, program. too, that she was his assistant when he was at Boise State, and he brought her with Oh, nice. Nice. So he's been cheating on his wife with this woman for years at this point. Like... <laughs> Man, man. Uh, what a what a successful you, marriage! You hate is. to see it. We're not glorifying this at all. It's absolute trash human being. Yeah, uh, at least bad guy trash stuff. human being behavior. Um, and it it needs to be stopped. It's just from our standpoint, absolutely hilarious. Well, it's also kind of funny to watch Auburn fall apart because because it's, it's Auburn. Auburn. SEC, SEC. I thought it was SEX. I thought that's what they were doing. There you go. There you go. Now we're talking. Uh, So I don't know what else to talk about Auburn here. We we don't have an official statement. We don't have anything yet. No punishment has come down. I mean, it's all rumors and speculation at this point. I will say this doesn't bode well for Brian Harrison's future career. It no. was certainly looking up until this happened. So <laughs> his career was looking up until the last, you know, minute was and thirty seconds against Alabama too. So true, you know, very true. Funny how life comes at you, right? Yeah. So other college coaching news: the team up north's offensive coordinator Josh Gaddis. Was everyone's expected head coach in waiting up there if Jim Harbaugh actually did go to the Vikings? But Jim Harbaugh's back, and so Josh, Josh Gaddis has left the team and is going to Miami to be the offensive coordinator down there. Fascinating move to me. I have no idea what he's really going to be able to do in Miami. I don't even know who's on that roster, but... Hey, if we can actually make Miami into something again, that's probably good for college football. I don't Didn't Crystal Ball snag up a top, top recruit yeah. class anyway? So top fifteen, yeah. yep. So that's that's what this this is a rebuild, and if Gaddis is down for that and is willing to work with Crystal Ball to make that happen, that's an absolute fantastic hire and honestly an outstanding steal from the Big Ten. That also indicates some potential issues in 
Michigan's program because, again, it's not often that you see a Power 5 offensive coordinator leave for another Power 5 offensive coordinator job. That's that's a lateral move. You don't usually see that happen. Well, they went 1-0 last season and lost both their coordinators and almost lost their head coach. So it's not a So on a scale of 1-10, to 10, how happy are you right now? I'm indifferent. I don't care about this guy. He can go pound sand. <laughs> Literally in Miami. He'd be pounding more than that in Miami. <laughs> he's not going Jackson. to Auburn. Yeah, he's not going <laughs> to Auburn. What the hell? And he's not I was going more talking about talking about cocaine, but you know that's a well, well, that's a few I, years I didn't, in the I past didn't, now. I didn't draw that line completely. You said pounding, not snorting. Yeah, so, hold on. But Miami's <laughs> offensive line coach did hit that entire line. Yeah, see what I'm saying? <laughs> that was a few years ago. It was. So, all right, let's go ahead and talk about some name, image, and likeness stuff. Um, well, I guess we're starting with Ohio State guy, so we should mention Ohio State has a new field turf design that they just unveiled at 4 p.m. today when I had like logged off of everything. And so you're welcome. Got to see that first, and you're I'm, welcome. <laughs> you're, I'm so upset about it. Oh my goodness! How could you ever beat me to any Ohio State news? Oh man. Well, I would just like to point out that I found somebody else shared the article, and I mentioned something about it because I figured you had seen it. Oh, yeah, well, it's not official. And I was like, well, you read 11 Warriors, right? And he's like, I, do I read 11 Warriors? <laughs> yeah, asshole, it said it was unveiled. It sounded official. Yeah. So, <laughs> that happened. It wasn't supposed to happen today. I didn't know it was happening, but then it did happen. So, that's cool. Uh, new field. But we got some new... Name, image, like this stuff to talk about. That was kind of my transition to talking about Ohio State. So Jackson Smith and Jigba's up first. He got a new custom truck out of it. There's a car dealership in Columbus who's been making a ton of mill deals with Ohio State players. And yeah, Jackson Smith and Jigba, after his record-setting Rose Bowl performance, got himself a nice brand new truck out of it. Uh, we know about what's been going on with the SEC. That means Texas A&M's getting a lot of heat right now. Um, I was going to talk about them, David. It's not just because of your comment here. But yeah, Texas A&M is theorized to have been abusing that system a little bit in order to get the number one recruiting class of all time like they did. Yeah, not necessarily a good look, but we don't know how they would have done it, or technically we don't even know if they did it because Jimbo Fisher's not talking about name, image, and likeness deals. That's because of a couple. That's because of a couple of SEC rules, which Florida and Georgia and Alabama, the states of Florida and Alabama, not the schools, are looking to change. There's some legislation being proposed in those states to allow the schools to be a little bit of intermediary for name, image, and likeness deals, in the same way that we've seen Ohio State and University of Louisville been able to do because Ohio and Kentucky don't have those kind of laws, and their conferences don't have those rules in place. So if Florida and Alabama pass that legislation, it would mean that Alabama now has a name, image, and likeness office and gets to negotiate for the players. Uh, I'm sure that would change SEC rules as well, and we would get Texas A&M almost being forced to be a little bit more transparent with it. 
which I would appreciate because, yeah, you don't come out of Texas A&M and sign a number one recruiting class in the nation without some level of tomfoolery. <laughs> oh, tomfoolery, shenanigans. Yeah. Well, there's just, it's, this is, this is the genie that the NCAA let out of the bottle with no right. plan. This is the bull that they led to the China shop and just said, oh, we're here. Now what? I, it's just, no. this, all of this is coming, all of this is happening because the NCAA thought it'll never happen. So we don't need to plan for it. Then they turned the bottle over and said, oh shit, it happened. Um, okay, it's right. happening. Like this, you know, you can get mad at Texas A&M. I think it's fair to get mad at them. I think it's fair to get mad at any, you know, any team, especially one that's going to put yours at a disadvantage. But the fact of the matter is, you really need to start looking more at the NCAA because they're the ones that have caused all of this to go down this way. Right. I'm, I still don't trust a, the, um, the NCAA. I think they're letting this happen on purpose because typically when you let the genie out the bottle, you can't put it back in. But if they sit there and let this happen for a few years and everyone starts saying how bad it is and how much it's ruining the NCAA, they can come back in, get rid of it, and then say, see, look, we tried your game, and no, you can't do that anymore. I mean, that's theoretically possible. I don't know if that's realistic. I I didn't say it's realistic. I said that's what I expect from the NCAA, not that it's realistic, just... That's the type of game they they play. If they do that, the XFL and the USFL will never die because they will just say, as soon as you have your high school diploma, you can come play for us. Right now, I think the only reason they have the two-year rule is because that's what the NFL has. And not that they're trying to be the NFL, more that they're trying to say, hey, you have other options if college isn't working out for you. Because currently the rule for the USFL and what the XFL rule previously was is two years removed from college. Or, yeah, two years removed from high school. Sorry. So, the NCAA really has just fumbled their way through all this. And sure, yes, you can absolutely say that A&M is taking advantage of the opportunity. I don't think that's unfair to say. I don't think that's incorrect to say. But there's nothing to stop them. And so, we don't, have we, a, we don't have a real concrete example of how Texas A&M is taking advantage of it. I do have a concrete example of how BYU is taking advantage of the opportunity here. I want to discuss this one a little bit in detail because this is a whole new can of worms I hadn't even really considered just yet. But, uh, oof. Okay. So BYU's walk-ons are all getting their tuition paid for now thanks to BYU alum and CEO of, what is it, Build Protein? Built Protein? Oh, God. Um, Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> so all the walk-ons who are currently there just got their tuition paid for for the rest of their time at BYU. That's amazing. I love it for these guys. That's incredible. They get some free protein bars out of it too, and they all they have to do is show up in a commercial and post about built protein bars on their social media accounts. I would take that deal not- every ten. These could not look like more generic fucking protein bars. Right. If you fucking wanted them to. Good <laughs> lord. But, you know, that's Utah for you. So. <laughs> I mean, I'd still fucking buy one. Don't get me wrong. Do, do they have caffeine in them? 
I don't know. They have protein in them. I can tell you that. So anyway, what what this has done now, when you really stop to consider what this means, BYU has just created a loophole around the 85 scholarship limit, right? All their walk-ons are basically on scholarship now. It's just not paid for by the university. It's paid for by a corporation. So now imagine you're bringing in a five-star recruit saying, hey, actually, we don't want to put you on scholarship. That's too low for you. We're going to get, I'm going to use Columbus as an example because I know the companies in Columbus, but I'm not saying only Ohio State would do this. Say like, you know, we have nationwide insurance right here. We're going to put you in a commercial for nationwide. You're our big time quarterback for the next four years. Here you go. You're in the nationwide commercial and you're not only on scholarship, thanks to nationwide paying for your tuition. They're also going to give you a million dollars a year. And we have an extra scholarship to help you out with some other areas on the talent on the field. There's no rules against playing a walk-on. So this basically expanded the scholarship limit to infinite, which is disturbing. And I wish, I wish I didn't know that. Um, The, thing I've said with this, and I, I, I still hammer this home. The NCAA, the regulation that needs to come in place is preventing boosters from being able to supply NIL deals. I know that's tough, but if they are legitimately associated with the school, as booster clubs are, or the booster programs are, that's an issue. And the reason that would work is somebody's going to sit there and say, oh, hey, people just aren't going to join the booster now. And that's true for some. But at some point, the school is going to step in and say, wait, 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 we can't afford everything. We need our boosters back. Um, and it, it'll limit it that way. That's You can't have CEO of Nike buying everybody's scholarship at, at Oregon. You can't. And he absolutely would. He has all the money to do so. And then some. But he is a legitimate booster to that program. I don't think that should be allowed. I also understand there's a lot more behind-the-scenes work that goes into that than I'm thinking of. And I get that, but that's where you need to attack this from. So where that legislation piece that we were talking about earlier comes in, specifically here, apparently BYU was the negotiator for that deal. And that's definitely not allowed in most places right now. Somehow BYU got away with it, and people are really wondering how that's possible. And it comes down to BYU being involved in the process and... The fact that you're basically getting around that scholarship limit, it feels like some pretty clear violations of NCAA rules. At the same time, it's technically not now. And everyone's trying to find where these loopholes are. This is this is really gross to me. You need to close them before they open up. That's the issue with these loopholes. And yeah. I set it up front. This is the NCAA's doing. It's the fact that they had no cap, no limit, no nothing. They had no idea what they were getting into because they never planned to get into it. They never thought it would actually happen. It's depressing, too, because there have been guys, you know, we've talked about it hundreds of times. You know, guys going out making their own logos, making their own merchandise, opening their own personal business or having their own Twitch, for example. Right. And that we we were all fans of that. There isn't a single person out there that was opposed to that. 
even the people that are that were saying from the beginning that NIL would kill the NCAA, I bet every single one of you would agree that half the things these kids were getting in trouble for when it came to making money was preposterous. Yep. But it's hard to Yeah, it's hard to sit here and say now that that maybe there wasn't some credence to it. Maybe, you know, maybe there was a reason we weren't going to give anybody any money here because I mean, we're talking the amount of money we're talking about here. I have a hard time even wrapping my brain around the fact that some of these NFL players are getting that just in their contracts before endorsement deals. And these kids are just getting them for endorsements. And some of them haven't even seen the field. Right. Some of them might never see the, t- the field for the school that they got the endorsement for. Right. Or can you use point so, yours? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So I wanted to wrap up college news on a little bit of a lighter note. So, um, fun story out of USC now. Caleb Williams coming in, got me a big announcement, Instagram post, and some Oklahoma sorority girls were saying, hey, go take your foot fetish to LA where it belongs. Hey, so, I know somebody else that could take their foot fetish to LA. Nope. <laughs> I love how you just admitted that one's for you. Nah, I'm so. never going to that fucking hellhole of a city. <laughs> but you do have a foot fetish. Some sorority girls know something that we don't. That's it's good to know. Well, no, now we all know it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, welcome, Matt. What a great place to join the stream on. So, oh, perfect. <laughs> Let's get out of the news. Let's go talk about the games that just happened this past weekend. Of course, we're talking about the basically all the All Star games going on. Uh, start with Pro Bowl. I was gonna say which... we can sum up the Pro Bowl by having everyone read the title of our stream. Yeah. Can we um, can we get rid of no it? more no more Pro Bowl? I did you did either of you guys watch it? it? I know you put a, a note in here about some amazing catch at one point. Well, just Stephon Diggs getting a touchdown over Trayvon Diggs was cool, but I saw about it on like social media blog sites after the game. I didn't watch it happen. You didn't yeah. even watch it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this comment Prime Times, it up right here. Yeah, Prime Times comments. If you have no clue what we're talking about, I can't do it any justice to just read it and say it on air here. Go look up what Deion Sanders has said about the Pro Bowl. Yeah. Look, I'm I, i I'm a huge Olympics fan, so I was just watching replays of the Olympics all day. And then the Pro Bowl came on, and I was like, oh, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. <laughs> I, You know, I, yep. the, the carousel chat, people were talking about it. And every single no, – none of them, nobody, none of – you know, credentialed, another random fan like me. None of them had anything good to say about it. So I, I'm fully in favor of getting rid of the Pro Bowl. Now, I've seen some people say, hey, let's take the four worst teams, have them in a playoff, and, you know, kind of make a shit, you know, whoever wins, they get number one pick instead of it being, you know, but, yeah, but no, just no absolutely worse. going to fight for that. No, nobody yeah, cares that much. Level of effort as the Pro Bowl. And that's, that's what I kind of want to get to now, too, is – I like the recognition of being an all-star, of being one of the best. And 
granted, there are definitely some guys in there that didn't deserve it because of X, Y, or Z as far as, right, so that's, oh, that's Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to go. That's what all pro is for, actually. It's the all-star exactly. recognition without having the sham game attached to it. Right. So what I would rather see is a skills competition, just like every good all-star yep. weekend has. Uh, I honestly, for everything bad about Madden, when I watch NFL players play it, even if, you know, whether they have fun, get frustrated, whatever it is. And they were playing, uh, they're playing a game of Madden. It was Nick Chubb. Uh, I can't think of the other three guys. Nick Chubb, Trayvon Diggs. Ooh. Doesn't even matter. Doesn't matter. They were, they were playing Madden projected for Guinness World Record, largest screen to play on. It was projected onto a, a hotel in Vegas. Like, as bad as Madden is, like, that was more fun than, like, watching that was more fun than wasting my time trying to find any enjoyment in the uh, in the Pro Bowl this year. Add yeah. to it, you know, think back to the gridiron games. I know why they stopped doing it, and, I like, I get it. But you do something like that right after the season. Guys are giving 50% in the Pro Bowl anyway. They get 50% in some random gridiron game, come tug of war, obstacle course, whatever. And since it's not in the summer, four weeks before preseason, if they get hurt, they got a little bit more time to get better. Overall, I think it's just going to be more fun than watching the same crappy Pro Bowl. I mean, they they keep trying to make it more interesting and keep failing. Like I, nobody take, Nobody's going to this. If you take away the game and only have those like tug of war and whatnot, that would be better health wise anyway. So yeah. Let's just let's go all in. Let's have it make it fun. And, and at that point, like you said, Doug, the all pro designation is for all stars. Just bring in all the teams that want to go. Like, not just a tug of war. Give me a tug of war between offensive line units. Like, give me that stuff. That right. is where it gets interesting. I mean, right, ideally. But <laughs> I would settle for just bringing back the old skills competitions that they used to have where I don't know why they even got rid of them. So, and something that Pat McAfee has talked about on his show is that he wanted to compete in other skill competitions. Like, he wanted to throw passes in the at the targets and all that. Yes. Why not? Why would you not, not do that? It makes no sense to me why the NFL's like really trying to make the Pro Bowl a formal game and a serious event. At the same time, changing the rules to allow them to take off plays and all these things. Yeah. So for anybody that's curious about this link that Matt put up here, I'm like 99% sure that this was actually used in the introduction to Madden NFL at one point. So everybody needs to go and appreciate this. It is an actual hit taking place in the Pro Bowl. Back when guys gave a shit about the game, I completely agree. This was the last time the Pro Bowl was fun. I also agree with this comment as well. <laughs> Squid Game Pro Bowl is the only way to make it worth anything. Gosh. <laughs> All off people and shoot them if they don't complete a pass or they drop a catch. Anyway, we do have some MVPs of the game, offensive and defensive MVPs that get an extra game bonus. Um, I know in the past, players have gotten vehicles for it. I think anymore it's just like another $100,000, which that's totally worth it. So Justin Herbert 
one MVP and Max Crosby, one MVP for the defense. I mean, not like they had exceptional performances necessarily, but they at least put in some effort. And they, so they tried the hardest. <laughs> yeah. Which, you know, actually, Justin Herbert and Max Crosby were two of the best players in their position in the season. So it's not terrible. It's not the worst MVPs that we could have gotten, at least. Right. AFC did win for the fifth year in a row, if that matters to anybody for some reason. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, at this point, I wish they would just play flag football for real. Or you guys would go probably go harder if they played flag football right. for real. Yeah, take off the pads, flag football, or just tug of war, yeah. And put it back but, in Hawaii, too. I know, right? That's that's tough because the Aloha Bowl is so – like, the stadium's uh, – it's done. It's toast. Okay, the, but the NFL The NFL can too. afford to build a new stadium out there. Exactly. That, for just them. Get the University of Hawaii and the NFL to team up and build a new stadium. Hawaii's already got oh. one, though. They got okay. that tiny ass, barely Division One stadium. So, yeah, get Hawaii and the NFL together on a stadium. <laughs> like I said. <laughs> Making it into something. Uh, I don't like when the Pro Bowl was in Orlando, and then we had, you know, it, it's just, it's bad. It's bad. It's awful. I don't like the Pro Bowl. All right, um, let's let's move on. Let's move on. There's other fun. Yeah, so to a game where people actually tried because it means something. Right. So we actually had two of those this past weekend. Uh, the Senior Bowl, which is the one that I think of when I think of college all-star games, but we also did have the East-West Shrine Bowl, which we didn't talk about last episode, but definitely did happen. And I think the biggest takeaway from these games is not the actual in-game performances. It's always the week of practices because you're getting actual NFL people working with these kids for the first time. And it's almost the start of the real draft process is getting prospects coming through these all-star showing showings and uh just seeing what they're capable of get some real measurements in for the first time ahead of the combine even get them in pads get them working so let's talk about some of the prospects that really stood out and it's not necessarily just in the game i actually don't even know who won the games it almost doesn't matter it's more about who performs during the week, and if anybody does stand out in the game, that can help, but you need to show up in a week, too. So, <laughs> um, the, I will say for the Senior Bowl, the clear-cut quarterback of the week was Malik Willis. Very surprising, actually, because his Liberty film was just so inconsistent, and yet now, after the Senior Bowl, basically every mock draft that I've seen has him being the first quarterback off the board. Except for mine at bdtfootball.com, he is the third quarterback taken off my board. Just the way it happened. <laughs> but I don't like his game film at Liberty this past season, and yet this week he was so sensational that I, I mean you wouldn't believe it. It's night and day. Interesting to see there. Uh, another big time prospect that I love a lot: Northern Iowa's offensive tackle Trevor Penning. Big dude. 
moves people. One of the best performances by an offensive lineman in the Senior Bowl week, for sure, by far. Some other big-name offensive line prospects we were seeing kind of fall off, getting beat hard by Jermaine Johnson, specifically, out of Florida State. Really soared in this draft process. Um, and a couple of defensive tackles to name as well, really beating up on those interior linemen, except for Zion Johnson out of Boston College. He did, he held up pretty well. But some defensive tackles that did well, Connecticut's Travis Jones. When's the last time we had a UConn player getting some hype? Yeah. Uh, Houston's Logan Hall and Georgia's Devontae Wyatt. Now, we've heard a lot about Jordan Davis out of Georgia at defensive tackle. Okay, Devontae Wyatt is basically just as good based off of this week. Like, seriously, some fantastic defensive tackle prospects in this draft. One other name to highlight here, the really short but really good Jalen Petrie, safety out of Baylor. He was flying around making plays all over the place. He came in at five foot ten, which is, you know, on the lower end of what you are looking for. Not too short, but not ideal either, but man, he looked good. I love it, man. I love seeing these guys kind of jump in and perform when it's all on the line for him. I love the Malik Willis storyline you have going here, but that just speaks to me again, what you were already saying, which is, hey, he's been inconsistent. So if he's inconsistent and then shows out for this one week, can I trust it? Right. Um, so, so I think your concerns are valid, man. Uh, I just enjoy that these guys get a chance to get out there and show their skills one last time before going into individual workouts and pro days. So David's saying that O-line skills almost never transfer well this year, Bowl, and I agree one-on-one drills are not the ideal test of whether or not offensive lineman's good or not. But at the same time, Jermaine Johnson was beating guys in the game too. I mean, Darius Kennard, one of my favorite tackle prospects, slowly creeping up my board over this offseason, looked awful in the game and just couldn't hold his own against these defensive ends in practice. So that's that's not a good sign. And then on the opposite end, you have Trevor Henning, who was actually winning his matchups. And then you got guys like Quinn Myers, you know, last year, two years ago, whenever right. it was, doesn't do anything. Just show some videos of him working out like a lumberjack with his belly hanging out. And right. He's a pretty damn good lineman out there in, uh, in Denver. So you never yeah. know what this is. Uh, it's terrifying. Belly's always translated. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Very true. But we also had the East West Shrine Bowl. And again, just talk about a couple of the prospects that did really well throughout the week. I know we didn't talk about this game necessarily. The Senior Bowl feels like a bigger deal to me. I don't know why. The Shrine Bowls existed 97 years, so it's not like it's an unknown. But uh, East-West Shrine Bowl, not necessarily just for seniors. Um, only a few real big standouts here, but the one that stood out the most was, wow, uh, running back North Carolina, Ty Chandler. Out of nowhere, I didn't consider this guy among the top of the running backs at all. And yet, after this Shrine Bowl performance, it's like, whoa, where, why didn't North Carolina use you all the time? Every play, please give this guy the ball. 
<laughs> so I want to see some more out of him. I want to see him work at the combine. I would like to see some individual team workouts from Ty Chandler. But after this week, man, he's looking like a draftable prospect for the first time since I've heard about him. So that's that's really good. Um, also say that Virginia's tight end, Jelani Woods, looked sensational. Made a couple of huge plays in the game as well. And, yeah, just all over the place. Huge tight end. Looks like an offensive lineman. That's amazing. I love it. When you have a tight end who looks like an offensive lineman and yet is able to run routes and make catches, that's basically ideal. Yeah. Right? And then uh, Derek Tangelo. Duke transfer played at Penn State last season. Only one year at Penn State, and yet I definitely remember the game where he played against Ohio State. Uh, seeing him do that same stuff in the Shrine Bowl. Derek Tangelo is a name to remember. And luckily for him, it's easy to remember because Tangelo sounds like tangerine. And I think of oranges. I think of Derek Tangelo. Jesus. <laughs> you think we're deviating off course here. <laughs> uh, is what it is. Also, another defensive tackle. I know I keep talking about defensive tackles. This is the fifth one I've highlighted in these All-Star games. But Kentucky's defensive tackle, Marquand McCall, really stood out in the Shrine Bowl as well. And uh, he had some off-field issues in really his early seasons at Kentucky. Got suspended for a while. Seems to have cleaned that up in the past two years and really showed out in the Shrine Bowl. It's a name to watch out for. I'm not saying he will get drafted, but he certainly looked pretty good here. And if he's gotten everything cleaned up and can interview well, maybe he'll get a shot. Oh. Oh. Yeah, well, I don't have much to add to it because I've known about the Shrine Bowl. I don't think it's as... Uh... As you said, it's been going on forever. I just don't have a lot to say about it, being honest. (laughs) Fair. (laughs) So, yeah, that's all I got for the collegiate all-star games that we had. Really, the start of draft process, and we'll have a lot more about these prospects as it comes up. But let's go ahead and talk a little bit about the Super Bowl. Next episode, we're going to spend basically the entire time talking about the Super Bowl. We have to. It's yep. the nature of the business. <laughs> uh, so for this one, let's talk about some things maybe not necessarily related to what's going to happen on the field. Maybe some pre-Super Bowl stuff, some some halftime stuff. I don't know. Whatever we happen to get into. Uh, let's go ahead and get rolling here. What do you guys want to talk about? We got Rams, we got Bengals, but we're not talking about those right now. We're talking about all the outside shenanigans. I'm what do we got? thoroughly enjoying the new state park names up in uh, up in Ohio. Just looking at them, I thoroughly enjoy them. Well, go for it. What do you got? All right, so apparently the governor of Ohio is temporarily renaming three of Ohio State's parks in honor of the Bengals. So Burr Oak State Park is now Borough Oak State Park. You probably didn't even need to add the oak in there at the end of that one, but hey, we'll roll right. with it. 
Uh, Paint Creek is now Evan McPherson Extra Point Creek. That is amazing on every level. That dude is outstanding. Uh, and then Houston Woods is now Icky Woods. Wow. <laughs> I love it. What? Wow. I love it. Just I love everything all about that. it. All that. Yeah. And you should love it, too, because Icky Woods was a fullback. So Aww. we do love fullbacks here. Right? I got to say, too, City of Cincinnati canceling classes for all public schools on Super Bowl Monday. That is the clutch move of all clutch moves. I got, I look, it's yes, it sounds, <laughs> it sounds bad, it sounds sus. Uh, you're not wrong. Icky Woods, hey, he was a fullback for the Bengals. I believe he was on the last Super Bowl team for the Bengals, so it's very appropriate that they're uh, renaming something for him here. I hear the only way you can get through is it through it is to shuffle through. Oh gosh. <sighs> <laughs> Terrible. That was the Bears. That was the Bears. The, I'll tell care. you what, too. The hardest thing about all this, especially doing this show on Monday, it will be uh, the audio version will be released on Wednesday. Uh, there is not a lot of stuff out yet, and if we talk about all the cool analysis and who we think is going to perform well, who we think is going to win, we have nothing to talk about at the end of the week. What I'm more disappointed about is that I only found uh, three little commercial tidbits here. Because, let's be real, Super Bowl's just a game that's happening during some of the best commercials of the year. Except for Scoop, there it is, which is a damn shame that is still not, that was not a Super Bowl commercial. It is absolutely ridiculous. I can't, I still, I'll never, I'll never get over that one. <clears throat> However, if you're a Lord of the Rings fan, I saw a leak earlier this week about it, actually, with the cast and everything. Amazon is going to have a new Lord of the Rings series. There's going to be, I don't know if it's going to be so much a sneak preview as it is going to be just a commercial, but it will be featured during the Super Bowl. There's also going to be an Alexa ad that's going to feature Scarlett Johansson and Colin Jost of SNL. I have no clue what direction that's going to take. I think Alexa's like a mind reader in this ad, apparently which is terrifying, and I'm not sure that I'm a fan of that one. Uh, and last yeah, but that not might least, be way too accurate. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not feeling comfortable with that one. Last but not least, Doug, you found this one, so I'm going to let you take this one here. Yeah, apparently uh, Pete Davidson is going to get tackled by Gerard Mayo in a mayonnaise commercial. That's okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Look, as long as we're not dumping five-gallon buckets of mayonnaise on people i'm okay with this i would actually prefer to see five gallon buckets of mayonnaise dumped well on then people. just replay the duke's mayo bowl um <laughs> it actually did happen by the way anyway I, um, I also i also saw that budweiser is bringing back the glide sales oh yes finally. that's the yeah. news we all wanted yeah we got a we got any go for it I was going to say, but is the Bud Knight coming back? I don't know that, but Budweiser, the red can, is getting some kind of, like, Clydesdale-esque return. Good. I, don't, I, don't, I don't know exactly what the commercial is going to be yet, but I just saw Clydesdales, and I was very excited. As you should be. For all you degenerate gamblers out there, there's prop bets 
all the for time. Everything, like, of course, everything. for everything. And I, I think the biggest, most popular one is the coin toss. It's it's mm-hmm. the first prop bet you can make on the game, which technically isn't true because I'm pretty sure there's an over under on time that's going to take to sing the national anthem. Yes, and you always is. take the over. You always, always take the over. Always. Always take the over. Another prop bet you should always take is that the team that's going to win the coin toss is going to defer because that also just about always happens. And uh, you should absolutely take it because right now it's at negative 500. So if you know anything about sports betting, uh, you want to get on that minus 500 action for the coin toss winning team to defer. I have no clue how it is the underdog on this one. No clue at all. But man, I might have to. I might have to. I might have to put some money on that. I saw some prop bets. Uh, how long will Cooper Cup's longest touchdown be? Um, I have no idea how you're gonna I think the, nail that I think one. The other, the other big popular one is uh, colored Gatorade, which I'm sure as we get closer, when we're yeah. back here on Thursday, we'll be talking about uh, what's the odds on favorite there, or what's you know the top pick at least. I think you I mean, if I'm in charge has the record. If I'm in charge of the Gatorade, the Rams are getting blue and the Bengals are getting orange. But that's just me. That's I mean, what the teams want. Well, I'm telling them what they want. That's. <laughs> I, Joe, I, I want a Joe Rogan you... Budweiser commercial with the Clydesdales. That's is that's absolutely yes. what I want. And yep. I want Neil Young's music to be in the background because I want Budweiser to tell them, hey, we want your music for a commercial <laughs> oh, for no. the Super Bowl. But I don't want them to tell them the rest of the details about the commercial. And Dwayne The Rock Johnson has to be there, too, because he's forced his way into these headlines. Oh, God. <laughs> hey, XFL, he'll take the XFL advertisement. I don't think he's going to be too upset about that. <laughs> True. True. Um, I think we need to be able to bet on how long the halftime show is going to go over because they have like 18,000 performers now. And they just they added two more rappers, and both of these guys are deaf, which, by the way, I haven't checked out Sean Forbes at all, but Warren Wawa Snipe, I'm telling you, go 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 watch uh, go look at his YouTube channel, search for him a little bit on YouTube. Story is awesome, and the music, it's not bad. It's not bad. I mean, not bad. It's about the best we can hope for in the Super Bowl halftime show, right? That it, it can't be worse than last year. And I know you were kind of you were a fan of the weekend last year, but oh. I just I'm a fan of a couple of weekend songs. I'm not a fan of his Super Bowl halftime performance. No. That's fair. That's fair. It also can't beat the Aerosmith halftime show. That one was probably one for the books. I mean, nothing can beat the one we're all thinking of. (laughs) Facts. The reason that TiVo was invented. (laughs) <laughs> have i told you the story about that my personal story about that super bowl if you have not feel free i think i have but yes go ahead tell us all so i was in about second grade so this should be a formative memory for me right well we're hanging out at a buddy's house he had a super bowl party every year right you know as long as i could remember you know until about high school and uh, we were all over at his house, and then at halftime, we decided we were going to go play football out in the backyard. And his mom would just call us in when the halftime show was over. <sighs> wow. I think she was getting phone calls that from all our parents. They're like, no, they're playing They're playing in the yard. They didn't see it. They didn't see it. <laughs> oh, God. 
just, just awful. awful. Oh, and yet that so is, close yet so far. That it's is still a formative memory now. <laughs> that is the reason why they're all so corporate and so controlled. Uh, is what it is. But man, yeah, we do have like a lot of performers. Um, I, I don't even, I can't even name who the headliner is. I think they're gonna Eminem, rotate I think between. Eminem's a headliner. That's yeah, but Snoop Dogg's is Snoop Dogg's like a bigger name, isn't he? Technically, I don't I, know. I prefer Eminem, so I'm gonna say Eminem. Yeah. Okay. Nothing Feel against free. Gin and Juice, but you know. Fair enough. I don't have too much else to talk about for the Super Bowl for this particular show. I know we'll get into some team discussions next show, but what else do you guys have? Well, let's talk about Boy. this. Is Have you guys heard anything about the rumor yet or no? I, I haven't, but I'm feeling like this is 100% just a rumor because I, that's yeah. how these things go. Yeah. I, I don't imagine that he would want to with all the, I mean, you're a Panthers fan. With all the concussions he got, I mean, some of the some of the concussions, he's sitting there on the field crying because he got hit so hard. He looked like he didn't know where the hell he was. I, man, I I would love to see Luke Keekley come back. Don't get me wrong. I don't see it happening. I think it's just as unlikely as Andrew Luck coming back. And I, getting that two-year itch. I, I I don't I don't want to speculate on this because this is 100% his decision. This is his body, his career path. Okay, okay, that's that makes a little more sense. If he plays or coaches, I could see him potentially coming in and coaching. I don't know where or in what capacity. I don't think it would be the NFL. I don't think his first shot is going to be as an NFL head coach or not head coach, but you know, just on any type of staff. It'd be impressive. I don't know. I might trust him as a linebackers coach to start linebackers assistant. Even at the NFL level, he's shown that he can play there. He understands the concepts. He knows what it takes to succeed. I mean, you'd think very true. But playing and coaching are very different skills. I don't disagree, but there's somebody out there that'd take a shot at him. Probably the Panthers. Yeah. <laughs> Hanging out with the Bills, yeah. I mean, maybe we'll just have to wait and see. They could use some help with that linebacking core. <laughs> but anyway, I think that's all that we had <laughs> prepared to talk about. If anybody has any more questions rolling in, we can keep talking. But yeah, I mean, we'll definitely hang out for a little bit. But yeah, but I think right now we're going to go ahead and do the outro for the show with that. Um, and we've we've had the links to our social medias and everything scrolling across the bottom of the screen this whole time. But if you're just listening, you know, check out the description of the podcast, BDT Football, at basically everywhere. BDT underscore football is our Instagram though. And our Twitch is big dudes in the trenches. Oh, they one, one word. big word. So make sure you follow Facebook. Us if you're watching on Facebook, please, please, please go over to Twitch. Give us a follow there. Uh, we have moved away from putting these up on Twitter. And I don't want to move away from putting them up on Facebook, but we might potentially be going down that road here soon. Probably, I don't want to say soon. Required but, to if Twitch has yeah. their way. 
So <laughs> follow us on Very Twitter true. to stay on top of the show as it's happening live. But of course, the audio is still released a couple of days after if you can't make it to a live show. That's what we're here for. So uh, do you have anything else you wanted to shout out specifically here, Tug? I know you kind of said the links already. No, it, you got you guys hit everything. I do know we're working some uh, some big news uh, coming down the pipes. We're still working the details of it, but uh, I'll give you at least that nugget that we have some big news coming coming y'all's way here in the near future. Yeah, and we, we have a bracket coming soon too. We have a lot of things in the works, man. This is right. A very exciting time. The big dudes in the trenches. Right. And we, we do have a Patreon. It's been thrown across the bottom this whole time, but it is patreon.com backslash BDT football. We're still trying to figure out how to uh, completely utilize that. Our tier, our biggest tier thing right now is uh, Doug's trench ratings that we. And access to our Discord server. About them. Our yeah. Discord server. It's been very quiet, so I often forget about that. Thank you. Yep. <laughs> uh, so if you got any. If you've got any uh, any suggestions for other things we could add, anything you guys uh, want to see, anything, Patreon. yeah, yep. And that money will, of course, go back into the show. Absolutely. So, with that, I say we're about wrapped up for this episode. And I say we. Uh, you have any jokes for us? You got any animal facts for us? I don't know what you got cooking over well, there. Well, I, I actually have an animal here. fact. Oh, it, it's Monday. Oh, it's Monday, so it's not joke day. It is uh, okay. smack day. Back Did day. you know horses cannot throw up? Did you know that horses are big? Ample facts. I, there's there's no no lies detected there. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, clearly that is all the time we have on the show today. Thank you for listening. Just remember, you can't win a game.